What's up, nerds? It's the Film Grouch. This is Rick Swift of the Film Grouch Show, and I'm joined by my lovely wife. Madison Swift. Madison Swift, yes, and we are back. It is that time again for a she-pick. If you remember, the last he-pick was, uh, God, Tombstone. The last he-pick was Tombstone. Working off of that, um, our new our new formula is that any movie that I pick or she picks has to be connected somehow, kind of like a Kevin Bacon connection, where it has to either be an actor, directors, and writers. So mine was Tombstone, and working off of Tombstone, Madison used Michael Bean, who was in this movie. And the movie that I picked was called Take Me Home Tonight. Matthew, the summer's over. I want to hear your plan. I guess my plan is to keep working at Suncoast Video until I figure out what I want to do with my life. We just think you have such potential. You could be an astronaut. Oh, problem solved. I'll just be an astronaut. You are not going to believe who was just in here. Tori Frederick-King. Don't I know you? It's me, Tori. Matt Franklin. Where do you work? I'm at Goldman Sachs. So, are you going to Kyle Masterson's party tonight? Uh... Amazing! You're gonna trick her into liking you, and then you're gonna be like, it's me! I can't show up in this car. Why not? The Fredericking does not roll in a kumquat. Take a ride at these lights up here. I'm just gonna borrow it. <laughs> What do you do anyway? I thought you went to MIT. I work at Suncoast Studio. Wow. Congratulations. Yes, take me home tonight. And now, why did you decide to make this your she-pick, Madison? Well, I remember we watched it when it was out in theaters in 2011, and I liked it. Uh, I really liked this movie because it's set in the 80s, and I love the 80s. I love the music. I love a lot of the movies that came out then. I love the whole 80s vibes, the clothes and the styles. Um, one thing that they did a lot in this movie that I didn't like was there was a lot of cocaine use. Yeah, and I, I had read that originally that was what caused the movie to be shelved for about four years. Is Nobody wanted to touch it because it was showing kids, essentially. These are kids that had just graduated from college, but essentially kids using cocaine. I mean, anybody using cocaine is, is tricky, but to show people that had just graduated from uh, college using cocaine was something that a lot of the production studios didn't want to do. And originally it was going to be called The Kids Are All Right. So it even had kids in the title. So it's kind of like the production companies probably saw it like kids using cocaine. Right. So that was why I liked it. And the, um, the plot and the story is about this kid. I guess you can call him a kid. He just graduated from college. And he's from MIT. From MIT. And he's back in his hometown working at the local video store. It's not a blockbuster. It's a Suncoast video store. And the woman of his dreams walks in the store. He's had a crush on her since they were in high school together. And automatically when he first sees her, he doesn't want to tell her, oh, 
I'm not working anywhere. I haven't done anything with my life. I don't want to admit I'm working at this video store. So he lies and tells her he works for Goldman Sachs. And most of this movie takes place at a party that night. Actually, two parties that night. So the whole span of this movie takes place in pretty much one evening. It's kind of like uh, Can't Hardly Wait, the movie from the 90s. Uh, only the girl is cuter. Oh, yeah, I went there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> who, was the, who was the girl in uh, Can't Hardly Wait besides Melissa Joan Hart? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. She does not like to show her ears. That's all I know about her. So everything that happens in this movie, it's just, it's one crazy thing after another from, they go to this one party and then they go to another party and humorous complications ensue and there's lies and there's crazy things that happen. Like I said, there's a lot of cocaine use. There's a lot of 80s movie montages, music montages, sorry. And then it all ends. And uh, so yeah, we're going to talk more about it. Yes, let's uh, let's get into. Uh, so I understand now why you chose this one. I actually reviewed it in 2011, and the review is up on FilmGrouch.com, and I'll link this uh, podcast to that review now. It's being refreshed, I guess you would say. Yes. So here we are in uh, 2020. So this is a movie that was made in the you know 2010s, and it's about the 80s, and it's almost like a continuation of a lot of the high school 80s movies that we saw. It's almost like this is what would happen after they graduated high school. Right. Some of them went on to be very successful. Some of them went on to be not so successful, and then some of them went on to just kind of like coast. And like you said, he worked at Suncoast Video, and I think I think it's interesting because I don't think it's his goal from the get-go to deceive somebody that day like he didn't wake up that day saying i'm gonna deceive somebody right but as soon as he saw her walk into his video store he freaks out and he's like oh crap she can't know that i work here so he yeah he just and he had gone to mit so he's a smart guy he's a smart guy he's gone right. to mit just like howard yes who is not a doctor but is an engineer and yes. we know all and about an that astronaut. yes so the characters in this movie are Matt Franklin, who is played by Topher Grace of That 70s Show, Wendy Franklin, who is Matt's twin sister, who is played by Anna Ferris, and we all know her from The House Bunny and that show Mom that's on CBS. Then we have Barry Nathan, who's played by Dan Fogler, and he's on the Goldbergs every Thanksgiving episode as the weird uncle that always has some kind of crazy project going on. And he's also in the new Harry Potter series, the uh, Fantastic Beasts series. He's the, not the muggle. Uh, what do they call him? Not not Squib. Oh, what do they call him? They call him uh, Nomadge. Yes, the Nomadge. Nomadge. Yeah. How did I get a Harry Potter thing that you didn't know? That's that's like, that's got to be a record. <laughs> I know. Then we have Tori Frederiking, played by Teresa Palmer. And that's the woman of Matt's dreams. Then we have Kyle Masterson, played by Chris Pratt who's Wendy's boyfriend. And then we have Bill Franklin, who's Wendy and Matt's dad, played by Michael Bean, who is the connection to our previous movie, Tombstone, that led us here. And then we had some other supporting characters. We had Carlos, played by Dimitri Martin. And then we had Ashley. I did want to mention her. She was played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Yes, Michelle Trachtenberg is one of your, well, she's in one of your favorite movies, uh, which is uh, Eurotrip. Yes, I love Eurotrip. Yes, you might, you might, that might be making its way into a she pick. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely on in the house quite a bit. If I have my way, it will. Yes. So those are our main characters in Take Me Home Tonight. So let's start talking about the movie. 
We've already talked about the plot. It's about, basically it's about the getting ready. First they get ready to go to the party and the party is taking place at Kyle's house. And before they get, they go to the party, they start mention they keep calling him Kyle the douche, Kyle the douche. And I keep, kept waiting for him to be douchey, but he wasn't really douchey. No, he wasn't. It, it's funny because in a lot of the 80s movies, like the John Hughes movies and stuff, there was always like that douchey bully, you know, the pop collar guy who was like yes. always like, oh, Darsh, you're just a loser, Darsh, you know. Yes. Um, but Chris Pratt's character is actually very sympathetic to me anyway. He wasn't a bad guy. He just was kind of a putz. He was like a like a mimbo, I guess you would yes. say, is one of your, one of your things. Um, he's not a bad guy. He's no. just He's just not the guy that... You know, He's he's just kind of uh, he's like the rich kid who everybody likes because they always go to his house and have parties and stuff like that and they all hang around him but he doesn't really add any substance to anybody's life no. in any in any uh, tangible way but I think calling him a douche really kind of annoyed me yes because he wasn't a douche no the, in fact the people that were the most douchey in this movie were the leads yes. with the exception of uh, um, Tori no Tori wasn't douchey but I would say that Matt. And Barry were kind of douchey. Yeah, Barry is definitely a douche. <laughs> He's like the quintessential douche, if you ask me. Yes. He steals a car and he does a bunch of cocaine and he has a lot of weird encounters and he's he's really a bad influence on Matt if you think yes. about it. So before they get ready to go to the party, they're having dinner with their parents and Matt's parents are mad at him for not doing anything with his degree from MIT. And they keep telling him that he could have been an astronaut. And I keep thinking, yeah, okay, they, they just say he could have been an astronaut. They just go straight to astronaut. So I guess that's just the way parents are. They just go straight for the stars. Yeah, I mean, well, he goes to MIT. They didn't put him into MIT so he could go work at Suncoast Video. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, it costs a lot of money to put a kid into MIT, even with a full-ride scholarship. And then usually if you have a full-ride scholarship, it's because some company is is uh headhunting you. you yeah and ah, they're like yeah. hey you're gonna go work for lockheed martin you're not gonna be working stocking shelves at a video store okay right so yeah astronaut is not that much of a stretch because you actually just mentioned howard wallowitz who does go into space and he loves telling people about how he was an astronaut in space yes he does so after dinner then they have a whole montage getting ready for the party which is set to the music from motley cruz kickstart my heart Yes, kickstart my heart. Yep. So they get ready, and then they go to the party at Kyle's house. It's a Labor Day party. Oh, and let me mention, every party at Kyle's house, somebody has to ride the ball. They have this huge metal ball, and somebody rides in it. They get sit inside this giant ball, and they buckle up, and they roll down the street. Right. That's, that's what they're supposed to do. Somebody ride rides the ball. The ball. It's, it, they, dra they tow it with like a pickup truck like down a hill. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's crazy. Yeah. So on the way to the party, they decide that they don't want to show up in their car because it's just a regular old beat up car. So they go drive to the car dealership where Barry used to work, but he just got fired because he's a douchey guy and he was shady at work. Yeah, and he's fired by um, Better Call Saul, right? Isn't Bill Odenkirk the one who fires him? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, he fires him. So he decides, since he still knows all the information to get into the building, even though the place is closed, he decides to go into the building and steal the keys to take one of the cars for the night. So they steal the car, and inside the car is a bag of cocaine. 
And this bag of cocaine happens to last them through the whole movie. It's like a magic bag of refilling cocaine. <laughs> Do you have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, experience with uh, cocaine uh, limits? Absolutely not. Okay. None whatsoever. <laughs> Nor do I. So. It just seemed to last a long time, especially when they kept spilling it and it kept flying out the window because it was a convertible. That's true. Yeah, I looked at it like one of those things where they were using it very sparingly. But, oh, I mean, you wouldn't okay. know the difference between cocaine Mitch and non, or Mitch, cocaine uh, Barry, Barry and non-cocaine Barry. Yeah. I mean, he's basically the same guy. Right. <laughs> very crazy. Yeah. So they get to the party and everyone's hanging out. And then we meet Dimitri Martin's character. And he was in a wheelchair and he was very angry. Yes, I really like Dimitri Martin. He um, he kind of came on the scene on Comedy Central with his own little show, and yes. he also does one of the voices of uh, We Bear Bears. He does uh, the the polar bear, but he's got this really dry comedy style. But in this movie, he was completely like bombastic character. Like you said, he's in a wheelchair, but he's like uh, he he like makes up for that with his uh, very uh, explosive energy, I guess you would say. But he, yes. again, he's sitting in his chair, but he's he, he's a very powerful character. <laughs> <laughs> he's only in the movie like five minutes. And Carlos actually does work for Goldman Sachs. Yes. That's right. He does work for um, Goldman, Goldman Sachs. Sachs. Yep. And he is on to Matt. Yes. From the get-go. Exactly. So, meanwhile, also at this party is Wendy and Kyle, who are actually moving into their own apartment very shortly because... As Kyle keeps telling this same stupid story about how their grandmother, his grandmother, sorry, not their grandmother, his grandmother, <laughs> that would be weird. That would be a totally different story. Yeah. Caught them having relations in the pool. And he keeps going up to different people with Wendy and telling them the same story, blah, 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 blah. And then now they're getting their own apartment. Now his, his uh, father is buying them their own apartment. So I guess so they can have relations in their own pool or whatever. They're about to move in together. Meanwhile, Wendy has applied to go to school in England, in Cambridge. And she received her letter, but she hasn't opened it yet because she she's kind of fearful. She doesn't want to know if she got in because if she got in, then she'll, she might have to leave Kyle. Or if she didn't get in, then she might be stuck with Kyle. So she's very conflicted. Wendy doesn't know what she wants to do. I noticed one thing that the guys are drinking wine coolers and that made me chuckle because I'm thinking, guys don't drink wine coolers, do they? Okay, when was this movie supposed to be set in? 1988. Okay, if my memory serves correctly, I believe the, uh, was it the Seagram's? Yeah, Bruce Willis was doing all these Seagram's commercials for wine coolers. In fact, that was the first time I ever heard what a wine cooler even was, was Bruce oh. Willis, like, um, fresh off his moonlighting uh, fame, was pimping out um, Seagram's. And they also had um, Bartles and James. I remember Bar uh, Bartles and James when I was a kid, but yes. I don't think it's around anymore. I don't think so. But I think I got to try like one once. <laughs> but yeah, everybody like would everybody wanted to be Bruce Willis in Moonlighting, so he was drinking the Seagram's uh, wine coolers. So yeah, I guess especially Kyle with the pop collar. Yes. He would definitely have wine coolers. I it guess was kind so. of like the Zima of the '80s, you know. I don't know. I would just think they would be drinking beer. Yeah. It, but but see, beer is like oh anybody can get beer. Not everybody can get wine. Also, wine coolers are really expensive compared to beer too. So that's it was like true. A, a status kind of thing. And they only came in four packs, not six packs. Yes, that's what used to annoy me. I'd yes. be like, why do they they come in these little four pack? Whatever. Yes. I wasn't drinking a lot back then though, because I was no. in high school. Well, but yeah. Yes, I was much younger in the eighties. So at one point there was a dance off between Barry and somebody else. 
some throwaway character. I don't remember who it was. And I apologize if the person listening to this right now happens to be the actor who played that character. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you just like devastated that person. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we don't even know who it is. Was it during the safety dance? Yes. Okay, safety dance. I found a little bit of trivia about that safety dance was the version from Biodome, not the version from the actual 1983 safety dance. I don't remember who won, so I'm going to say that everyone's a winner in the dance-off. Sure. Why not? Barry Barry won because he ends up having weird, well, a weird sexual encounter shortly after that, I think. Yes, I believe that was with Ashley. Ashley. Michelle Trachtenberg. No, 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 no. First, he's with the weird old lady. That was at the other party. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a lot of stuff going on with Barry. I'm sorry. Exactly. He did cocaine and his night was really strange. It would be interesting to have a movie of just Barry. Oh, my God. I'm sure that exists. So then I was thinking, is everybody from their party at this, is everybody from their high school at this party, from their high school class? And I thought that was kind of sad. Well, I, I kind of think it, it's supposed to be taking place in the summer, like right after they all graduated from college. So a lot, there was kind of a little bit of a disconnect because Tori seemed to have her crap together and almost already have a job. Like, it yes, almost seemed she like did. maybe she was working while she, you know, one of those college internship kind yeah. of things. I think that's what it was. But I think this was like the last big blowout summer party where everybody was still together in the town. But it, it did seem to be like the goal was getting the hell out of this town. Like you said, his sister was going to Cambridge or was is applying to go to Cambridge. He went to MIT. His parents were like, go and be young man. Yes. Don't be working at a video store here right. in town. Make something of yourself uh so yeah i think that's all it was and i think that's but i also thought it was funny that they were having a party on labor day right it's almost like these kind of people are the people that would have a party on arbor day you know like any yes. any excuse any to excuse have a party to throw a party <laughs> which is fine i got no, nothing wrong with parties it's just kind of funny so then we see that kyle had an ulterior motive to throw this party he wanted to propose to wendy So he brings Wendy on the stage and he asks her to marry him and she kind of reluctantly says yes. Um, But then, you know, they're all happy, blah, blah, blah. And Matt was a little upset. And I was thinking, why was he upset that his sister just got engaged? Shouldn't he be happy for her? Yeah, and I think he's the one that keeps calling Kyle, Kyle the douche, by the way. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Him so, and Barry. Yeah, I don't think that he hates Kyle, like I said. I don't think he has any, like, animosity. And I think he even says that to her uh, in the movie. He says, look, I don't hate Kyle. I think he's a, a, a nice guy. He's just not the right guy for you because y- you you don't want to be hearing the same stories for the rest of your life over and over again from this guy that provides no no kind of... Like I said, he provides no substance to her life. She needs to go to Cambridge. She's a smart girl. She needs to go to Cambridge and make something of her life. Yes not be kyle's wife right and that and that was but it's funny because then she i think she calls him on it and she's like well you're just as much of a chicken shit because you refuse to do anything with your life and you don't even have a a kyle in your life holding you back you're just a big pussy yep so shortly after that matt barry and tori end up leaving to go to another hoity-toity party in beverly hills and this party is much fancier it's a Goldman Sachs financing type party. So there's sushi and champagne and all this grown-up conversations. And somebody comes up to Matt and asks him what he does at Goldman Sachs. And since he doesn't really work there, he can't really answer that question. He can't even fake it. So what he does is he just confuses them with math. (laughs) 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because what he said actually does kind of make sense. He basically just says that he moves money around um, the international markets based on the different time zones and how there's different um, uh, valuations for the currencies. And he moves that around to his advantage, basically. And he's like like a wounder kid that can that can do that easily for the company, mm-hmm. like, a, like a human computer kind of thing. Yes. Um, but I think at this point, Tori is starting to maybe raise her eyebrow a little bit like... Hmm. And you know, Demet- uh, was it Carlos? Yes, who who also was at this hoity-toity party yes, as well. Yes, he's there at the party, and he knows that he's completely full of crap. But he keeps backing his play because he basically, uh, Matt had basically told Carlos, like, look, I've always liked Tori. Just please go along with this for me, just this once. And Carlos is all about, you know, trying to help him get laid, basically. So he's like, yeah, sure. I'll help. What's in it for me? Kind of. Thing. It's funny too, because he's that kind of character. He's like, well, yeah, sure, because I'm a very kind and wonderful person. That's why I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah. What's in it for me? Yes. Um, but it it is. That's where he gets kind of the a little bit of credibility, is because Carlos kind of vouches for him a little bit. Yes. Shortly after that, while all that's going on, Barry ends up in the bathroom with this woman and her husband. Uh, we don't even know if that's her husband. That's just this weird German mute. He doesn't say it. He just looks German. I'm sorry. I think I think she calls him Klaus or something at one point. So I just have the, He's wearing okay. all black leather. He looks kind of like a white-haired potato version of um, Marlon Brando. He looks kind of like a weird, twisted, white-haired version of Marlon Brando. And he... he, he like, uh, the woman just starts, like, taking off her top. And you see her, her boobs. And... Old lady boobs. Yeah. Old-ish old lady. lady. I wouldn't boobs. say old. <laughs> um, and 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 she's like, "Do you mind if Klaus or Carl, whatever the hell his name is, do you mind if he watches?" And he's like, uh, "Okay," because again, he's done the cocaine, and he's like, yes, for a penny, a, for a lot pound. of cocaine." I guess most of it got on him. I think. <laughs> yeah, it kind of got everywhere. So much so that he had to ask if it was snowing. Yeah, and then the guy starts like touching him or whatever, and he's like, "Whoa, I'm not in for this," and he like, I'm <laughs> he, like <out>. bolts. <laughs> and it was a really nice bathroom too. Oh yeah, that bathroom was really cool. That's true. Yeah, that whole house was really nice. Of course, yes. I mean it's one of these really fancy houses in Beverly Hills. Yes. Meanwhile, Tori and Matt decide to play the penis game. Do you want to talk oh, about the, the penis, penis game? game? Yeah, the penis game is this really great game that um, we kind of did something like this at work one time. Yes. <laughs> but you basically say the word penis louder and louder, and the first person to give up loses. So yes. it'd be like if I said penis. 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 I'm out. You're <laughs> I'm not going to start screaming it. Why? <laughs> you don't want the neighbor's dog to get all excited. Correct. Anyway, so they play that game, which that's the first time I'd ever seen that in a movie, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yes. So after they played the penis game, and they attracted the attention of pretty much everybody at the party... They decide to leave, and they trespassed into somebody's backyard, but it was nighttime, so I guess nobody was around or whatever. Everybody was sleeping, and this was before they had um, home security systems. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And they jumped on their trampoline, and jumping on trampolines is always fun. And I kept wondering, while they're jumping, is he going to tell her the truth, that he's a liar and he doesn't really work at Goldman Sachs, and he works at the video store? Yes. When is he going to tell her? When is he going to tell her? And uh, yeah, and that's my big point with this movie that like why I 
didn't give it as, as high a mark as I wanted to um, because of when the timing when he decides to tell her the truth is key in this movie. Right. So after they jump around on the trampoline, then they have relations on the trampoline. On somebody else's trampoline, by the way. I'm sure they cleaned it afterwards. They also spilled wine all over it. Yes, they did. Because they borrowed, borrowed, quotes, a bottle of wine from the party after they played the penis game. And then they had the relations. And then he decided to tell her that he was a big, fat, big, fat liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, see, that's the point. (laughs) If he had told her right before they were about to do things, I think Tori would have handled it a lot better. Right. (laughs) But most girls don't like to be lied to to have sex with them. Correct. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm assuming. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah. So that was why, who's the biggest douche in the movie? Matt. Matt is definitely the biggest douche. But in great Hollywood fashion, there is a comeuppance. Besides just Tori being mad at him and saying, I never want to talk to you ever again, die in a fire. Yes. There is more to come. Right. So then we go back to the other party and Wendy finally opens her letter and she finds out that unfortunately she didn't get into Cambridge. Right. So she's having struggles and she's really upset and then she decides to break up with Kyle. Who has just proposed to her in front of everybody at his Labor Day party and she has said yes in front of everybody. Right. This is the part where (laughs) Chris Pratt cried and it was a really ugly cry too and it was kind of funny. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, what is it, um, Blair Witch, where like the snot is coming yeah, in. Yeah, it was bad. Or Grandma's Boy that we just saw where yes. the one guy was crying so bad. Yes. That was gross. Yeah, so it was kind of sad, but it was also kind of funny. Yeah, Madison doesn't like it when men cry. No. Or drink wine coolers. So <laughs> that's why unless she's with me, y'all. Cause... Unless you're Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes. Matt and Barry are on their way back to the first party, not the hoity-toity one, the kyle's labor day party yes and they get arrested and who arrests them but kyle's dad kyle and wendy's dad because he's a cop and they get scared because they're little boys and um his dad just scares them straight and they they're like okay we won't ever do it again blah 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 so the dad lets them go and they go to the party to the original party then comes his matt's comeuppance He goes ahead and he decides to ride the ball. This is the ball that we were talking about earlier. The big metal ball that you strap yourself into and you ride down the street. Yes. So he gets in the ball and he starts rolling down the street. And all of a sudden it veers off course horribly. And it's like everyone starts freaking out because it's not supposed to do that. And it goes rolling and rolling and bouncing and bouncing. And then it lands in somebody's pool. And it starts sinking, and he's almost about to drown, but he finally makes it out, and he's okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the story. Well, it's funny because my favorite line in this movie is when his dad, again, Michael Bean, the cop, pulls him over, and he's like, yeah, and he starts crying in front of his dad, saying, like, I'm sorry, I'm such a fucking failure, and everything like that, and he's like, no, 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 no. You can't, don't you dare call yourself a failure. A failure is somebody who has tried. You haven't even tried. You're mm-hmm. worse than a failure. Yeah. And he's like, also, you probably shouldn't cry in prison. It's not going to go well for you. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's so Michael Bean. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
So that sparked him into actually trying something, which was riding the ball. Which is interesting because his dad even said earlier in the movie, nobody ever rides a ball. They always just talk about it because it's such a stupid fucking idea. Yep. (laughs) Even uh, his sister is like, you don't have to do this and you you definitely don't need to do this to prove anything to anybody. And he's like, no, I'm proving this to myself that for once in my life, I'm not afraid. Which, you know, the ball is obviously a giant metaphor for, you know, conquering your fears. Right. He grabbed life by the ball. Ah, he did. He did grab the life by the ball. He did. It was not a big blue ball, though, because he got with his girl by lying to her. Oh. Oh, snaps. So after he was saved, after he rescued from the drown- from drowning in the pool, then he made his way back to the party, and Tori decided to talk to him, and then everything was okay. And by then it was dawn of the next day. Yeah, and I think maybe I was upset also with this movie that she forgave him so easily because they had sex. Like, yeah, I I mean, again, the the timing of how when he decided to confess to her was so key. I I I know he didn't want to pull a Leonard right and talk himself out of having sex. Right. By you know, if you watch The Big Bang Theory, he's constantly doing that. And he's like, yeah, I'm a freaking genius. Because he's always talking about how smart he is. And then he, like, will say something to Penny. And then she's like, and we're done. Like, I'm not going to do it. So I feel like, yeah, he didn't want to do that. But he had to come clean, so to speak, before uh, anything else happened. Because if he respected her, that was the right thing to do. And obviously, he did respect her. But not enough to tell her until after they had sex. Mm-hmm. So I think that she was right to give him a hard time after that, obviously, and be like, forget you. And I think that just riding the ball wasn't enough. I mean, yeah, it's great he didn't die and she can show compassion in the fact just like as a human being, hey, this other human being that I know didn't die. But I thought she kind of took him back way too soon. Yeah, she should have let him sweat a little. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his dad, his dad was, like I said, his dad was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't cry in jail. So his dad was giving him a hard time. His dad was uh, letting him know what's up and everything like that. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the characters. Who was your favorite character? My favorite character was Tori because she seemed to know what she was doing with her life and she seemed to be able to take care of herself. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. My favorite character, and this is kind of weird, and I mentioned this in my review, my favorite character was actually Chris, well, not my favorite. Not my favorite character, but my favorite actor, I guess. Like the like the person that I believed the most in in the movie was Kyle because I just like again I identified with him a lot more than I really should have because they kept calling him a douche, but he wasn't really douchey. He was just dumb. He was not a bad person. He wasn't mean. He even was like, "Hey, you don't have to ride the ball. Like this is." really dumb don't do this right you know if if he was like a a a real bully douchey bad guy like in the hughes movies he'd be like yeah let's totally do this yeah right just to see what would happen but he's like this is dumb don't do this after he'd even already had his heart broken by the guy's sister and everything like that but yeah i had never heard of chris pratt that's why i think and he left such a mark on me with this movie. That was like the one big takeaway I took from this movie. And I, I put it in my review. I'm like, I don't know who this Chris Pratt guy is because I didn't watch Parks and Rec. And it wasn't until after this that he did Guardians of the Galaxy. And again, this movie sat on a shelf for like four years. So they shot this, I guess, in 2007, but it didn't come out to 2011. And it was really stale when it came out because four years had passed. 
And you right. can kind of get that feeling from it, too. And I mean, you can tell sometimes in, when a movie has been sitting around for a while not doing anything. Yes, you can. But yeah, I really I really enjoyed uh, Chris Pratt's performance, and it made me go, who's this? Right, and he wasn't even really in it that much either. No, and that's how, how earnest his performance was, that you, like when he breaks down crying, and when he just keeps telling the same story over and over again, and he really is in love with... Uh, Wendy. Wendy. But she is just kind of, you know, he's the cool guy. And so it just made sense that she would be with him. Even though she is not the most attractive woman in the school by any means. I mean, Tori is. <laughs> yes. My one big complaint about this movie is it was called Take Me Home Tonight. And they never played that song in the whole movie. Yeah, I was I felt a lot like Peter Griffin where he's waiting for them to say the title of the movie in the movie. And, ah, that's his, like, favorite, you know, ah yes, we do that all the time. We do do that. Yes, we do. You said do-do. I did, just for you. Thank you. Um, And it's funny because I haven't talked about our On This Day in History yet, but on this day, apparently on March 4th, 1924, Happy Birthday to You was published by somebody called Clayton Sonny. And as everybody knows, uh, now everybody's afraid to use that copyright. Um, there's a lot of dispute about who owns the copyright and all that good stuff. But nobody plays it on movies and shows all the way through because they're t- totally terrified of being sued. And I almost feel like that's what happened with Take Me Home Tonight. Because they never play this song in the movie. They play it on the DVD uh, menu screen. And they played it in the trailers, which makes sense because people would be like, why are they playing some other song for a movie called Take Me Home Tonight? Right. So obviously in the trailer, and I think I that left me kind of waiting for the whole movie too. Yes. And never getting that satisfaction. Like you're, you're wanting that, all right, here, ah, ah, ah no, ah, no, what about, what, no, now, no. What, and then you're, by the end of the movie, you're like, where the hell's Take Me Home Tonight? And what was the song that they actually played? Come on, Eileen. Don't You Love Me, Baby. Oh, yeah, Don't You Love Me, Baby. So Don't You Love Me, Baby, I think would have even been a better uh, title for the movie, if you think about it. That was the one on the video, right? The music video? Yeah, don't you... Yeah, there was this really cool music video, I will yes. say that. If you watch... The DVD. The DVD. If you have the DVD, or if you check out, there's an MTV music video they did for this movie... Which, again, was Don't You Love Me Baby for a movie called Take Me Home Tonight. And they did all these 80s references. They had like It was pretty cool. Aliens, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Star Wars. It was crazy. That was cooler than anything in this movie. It was really honest. good. Yeah. So, I guess that pretty much concludes uh, our, our cheap pick for Take Me Home Tonight. Unless you have anything else you want to add, Madison. What was the word of the day, sir? Uh, you got two points. No, I got three. You got three. Oh, I, m- I missed one. I'm sorry. The word of the day was hoity-toity. And that's basically just pretentious. That's the, the basic definition of that. I mean, that's not too much of a, a shocker. Most people know what hoity-toity means. So yeah, you did. You got three. I got zero. I couldn't work it in. I win this one. You do win this one. And speaking of uh, winning and losing, it is now my time to pick the he pick. So I will give you this. I will tell you the actor as a clue. The actor that I'm choosing shouldn't come as any shock to anybody that's been listening. It is Chris Pratt. Now, this is a new movie that is out right now on Amazon Prime that I haven't seen yet. Ooh, a noob. Yeah. I don't know. It might be terrible. (laughs) 
But it does have some of my favorite actors in it, especially one that we've met in person that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I won't give any more clues about that, but I will. Uh, that will be my he pick for the next uh, for the next podcast. Again, it, it's Chris Pratt that connects the the movie, and then that should give you somebody good after we watch that mm-hmm. for your next she pick because there's a bunch of people in this next one. So okay, it is a western too. It's another western. Great. So I know going from Tombstone to Take Me Home Tonight, and then to another western is kind of this is definitely not a western podcast by any means. But Remember, we, I don't speak Western man. Yes, you don't speak Western man. Hopefully, this movie won't be as uh, quick-paced with the dialogue. Good. And uh, yeah, it. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, so that's why I'm kind of excited about it. I have no idea if it's good, bad. I haven't looked at any reviews. Nobody is talking about this movie at all. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Thank you very much for joining us here at the Film Grouch Show. And we hope that you will, you know, if you haven't seen Take Me Home Tonight and you are a fan of the 80s, I think Madison has definitely made a case that you should watch this one. Um, And if you have seen Take Me Home Tonight, maybe watch it again. Because the first time I watched it, I was not that happy about it. Like, again, if you look at my review and when you picked this, I was like, oh, great. A movie that didn't really resonate that well with me. (laughs) Uh, But when I watched it again, I was like, it's actually not that bad. Except Matt... Matt definitely needed to have some more comeuppance, I believe. And so does Barry. Barry gets to go to prison. Actually, no, he doesn't. That's right. <laughs> there's there's a twist about that. Yeah, there's a twist about that. I won't give it away in case you uh, don't remember if you've seen it before. But, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, it, it has some good rewatch value. And like I said, that music video at on the DVD yes. is is really well done. So thank you again. And make sure you go ahead and check us out on Podchaser. You can check us out on Stitcher and Spotify. We're mainly on Podbean. That's uh, where we post everything. And again, of course, on filmgrouch.com. That's our main site. That's where we started all this wonderfulness. And we hope that you will enjoy my pick next podcast. And I hope that you've definitely enjoyed this podcast. And do you have any parting words you want to say, Madison? No. No? All right. Well, uh take me home tonight there you go that's all you're gonna get because uh that's the take me home tonight for the take me home tonight so okay bye bye